Hello, hello, everyone. Today is Friday, January 6th, 2023. I thought today we could do a little Friday roundup, just kind of kick around all the things that are floating in the aether and see what we see. You know, the one thing that is really, really getting me right now, and I'm just going to jump right in, is these Idaho murders. Guys, 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 guys. I mean, this is everything. This case, this spectacle is, is a wonderful way to deconstruct how these seemingly trauma, traumatic, horrific, uh, disgusting, uh, just deeply hor horrible, you know, no good in any, any way you slice it, and uh, slice is, is not a pun, no pun intended there, <laughs> um, given the circumstances of the case itself. It's, it's wild. It's, the details are so incredibly grotesque. <clears throat> the details are so incredibly grotesque that they, they serve to override the logic board. Typically, cases like this with details that are so unimaginably awful and visually very stunning in this case one of the earliest images that i saw was blood seeping from the walls an exterior shot of the home of this this home 1122 is the address 1122 kind of like 112263 1122 being the address of this home where in idaho where this murder went down and uh the blood seeping from the walls early in the imagery for me it was an indication that what we are seeing here is basically an 80s horror film it, it no matter no matter which angle you look at it from it is you know it's sorority girls get slashed this is an 80s slasher flick this is straight off the shelves at Blockbuster Video, when my mom was, you know, letting me pick out anything that I wanted, and I went straight to the horror section because when I was a little kid, I couldn't get enough of it, and I wanted anything, you know, I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted the gore, I wanted the screaming, I wanted basically Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street every every night, you know, I I loved horror when I was a little kid, I loved it, I loved it, I loved it, I, loved it. I can't stand it now, I can't. St Stand it now. I don't even like to see someone fall off their skateboard on a little viral video. I can't even watch those. I do not like to see people in harm's way or to feel that feeling, uh, even though I know it's fake. You know, when you're sitting in a movie theater and you're watching the film, you know it's fake. But boy, does your heart rate still go up when you think the killer is just behind the door, you know? And it's, this is, you know, I get, I got that sensation. I got that movie theater sensation when this when this news story first first broke and it's it's been hanging around here for four minute it you know november 13th november 13th four students at the university of ohio i'm sorry idaho if i've said if i've said ohio probably i, I did i said <laughs> it's idaho idaho what's really the difference guys is i mean let's be honest is there a difference between ohio and idaho maybe maybe actually i have been to ohio i've been to cincinnati been to cincinnati ohio it was a wonderful place i have not been to idaho but i'm sure it's just as wonderful okay on november 13th we have ethan madison zana zana kernodal and kaylee goncalves ethan chaplin madison mogan zana kernodal and kaylee goncalves were all students of the university of idaho they were all found dead at their home, 1122. I think it's night. I think it's Knights Road. Let me let me confirm. Let me confirm what not 1122. King. King. 1122 King Road. You know, I'm thinking of King Supers king there's something about it this feels like a play on a chessboard guys this definitely feels like a play on a chessboard 
King. 1122, just like 1122, 1122, being a very important date in our, <laughs> our collective history, but 1122, King Road is where this went down. And it was near the campus in none other than Moscow, Moscow, Idaho. Moscow, Idaho. You know, what are the, just that right there. What are the odds that this would take place in Moscow, Idaho, when we are literally at odds, currently in, in, a, in a skirmish with Moscow, the capital of Russia, the, the location of the Kremlin, Moscow, Idaho, Moscow, Russia. You know, there seems like there might be some sort of symbolin, you know, symbolic connection between the two. But, you know, let's let's just let's just table that little coincidence for now. So the killings occurred on a typical Saturday night. This is a, you know, party night. We're leading into, you know, we're not quite in finals. You know, it's it's uh, it's the it, the tail end of a semester, but we're not in finals week. So everyone's out partying. Everyone's out doing their thing. So this would be a typical party Saturday. You know, everyone's out and about. But this doesn't take place on campus. This takes place off campus and not at your, you know, typical location for the scene of a, of a campus crime. This didn't happen anywhere on campus. This was off site, which I think, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a removal from the center sphere allows uh, things to, things to happen out of sight. You know, this happened entirely out of, out of sight and entirely out of earshot of really the, the population in this Moscow, Idaho, in, in the school itself, the University of Idaho, you know, this, uh, it was sequestered in a way. So the, so it happened in its own little world. So two of the victims had been at a bar together and two of the victims had been at a party, but they all got together at the house in the night. And that's where these grisly murders went down. Sometime in the sometime in four a.m. is when it's being when it's being suspected that this this individual, this another student, a graduate student, uh, just a really incredible uh, uh, individual in his own right, Mr. Brian Koberger, Mr. Koberger which is kind of an interesting name. He snuck into the home wearing all black and brutally murdered everyone in the home. But not everyone actually, not everyone. There were roommates that survived that stated that they saw a man in all black sneaking through the house. But did they call the police? Nope. They didn't. Nope. They saw a strange man wearing basically burglar gear or, or rape gear, you know, what, however the scary movies have, have uh, positioned this, basically all black and a black mask. That's, that's your bank robbers. That's your home invaders. That's your sexual predators, you know, black on black talking about, you know, this is not a racial thing. This is a, a, a character outfit thing, but you know, just he, and, and the, and the perpetrator was a, a, a white man, Mr. Brian, he's a white man. I'll get into him in a little bit, but something about the 4 a.m. Something about the 4 a.m. Gets me. This is, this is the witching hour guys. When things happen at 4 a.m. Around 4 a.m. And you're, you're going to start to see this more. Trust me. The Seth, Seth Rich murder was at 4 a.m. There's something about 4 a.m. And it's been told to be a very mystical, mystical time. It's the darkest of night. The, the, the sun, depending on where you are, you know, sometimes if you're in Alaska, this may not, this may not pertain to you, but typically this is when the sky is the darkest. 4 a.m., pre-dawn hours, it's always darkest before dawn. I think that that's a symbolic tell in its own way. These deceptions are happening literally under the cover of darkness. There's something about 4 a.m. I just want you guys to keep the 4 a.m. thing in your mind. 
moving forward. We're, you're gonna you're gonna look back on older cases. You're gonna see it. You're gonna look forward to to new cases that that arrive, and you're gonna see it. There is something about that hour, the darkest hour before dawn. That was one thing that jumped out at me with the Seth Rich case. And guys, I owe you. I have it. I have a deep dive on Seth Rich ready to go. If you guys don't remember Seth Rich, he was the uh, Democratic, not intern, but he was kind of a low-level politico in the Democratic Party, and he worked directly with the Clinton Foundation, and he worked directly with the Clinton campaign, and he was a fictional character, let's just say that, but the story goes that he was murdered in, it was 4 a.m. in in Washington, D.C., and it was supposed to have been a a uh, a smash and grab, you know, like what do they call it when someone when someone like a a jacking, you know, when someone just comes up to get your watch or something. The interesting thing about this jacking is is his jewelry was all left intact and his uh, identification and wallet was all in, in intact. So they didn't really jack anything. Again, guys, these are all just details. This isn't reality. It's just details. But I remember noting in many articles the one thing that kept being brought up into the story was the time this 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 speculative but they always speculated it it was right at 4 a.m and i remember looking at the sunrise at on that time in washington dc and it was it was really just your pre it was the hour right before the sunrise on that day and that's darkest before dawn. There was a runner in Washington Square Park who was brutally attacked. Uh, that was also at 4 a.m. Uh, you're you're going to start to notice it. Just just keep that one. Keep that one in your back in your back pocket, guys. Okay. So authority authorities the the mass the the Moscow police and guys the Moscow Idaho police. Uh, this is their first radio. This is their first rodeo with when it comes to, to to crimes like this. And this is so interesting. I'm going to get into this in a little bit. But this reminds me, this reminds me right now of JonBenet Ramsey and her quote unquote murder and the Boulder police, the Boulder PD responding to the to, to the crime, to the case, the authorities, wholly unequipped. They literally had never seen a murder in that sleepy town. This is also a similarly sleepy. You know, it's a college town. Things go down. There's probably some drugs. There's probably some overdoses. There's probably some alcohol poisoning. There's probably some fights that break out. There's probably some, you know, uh, sexual things that go down, you know, at the, at the frat house. There's probably some girls and maybe some guys that, that uh, have an imp- imp- inappropriate experience sexually and re- get that gets reported. But murder? No. Not murder. Not in sleepy Moscow, Idaho. So these authorities, they go weeks without identifying a suspect. And they plead, this is interesting, they plead with the public for tips and videos that could help them piece together what led to the crime. Guys, this is also a big part of it. By inviting the public in, by inviting these tipsters, by invite, I mean, you guys have no idea, and maybe you do, maybe we do now, I I mean, there, people out there are sickos sometimes. There are, some, there are some individuals that will make up connections, that will make up. They received thousands of tips, thousands of tips. Guys, this happened at a house off campus. The stage is, the stage is a house off campus. And it was all kind of sequestered. How how do thousands of tips come in? How do thousands of individuals provide helpful information on this? 99.999%, I would say, of these tipsters have zero connection with the place, the, 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 the time or place, anything. Like they're probably in BFE, they're probably in Ohio in the other one you know they're they're not what i'm trying to say is they're nowhere near like they're just calling in to feel connected to this case they they will individuals will literally make up tips they will make things up and and submit it and they will make up anecdotal connections 
that like, oh, I know this person. Oh, I saw this person at da 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 da. None of it's true. Like this is this is a fascinating element of when we open up tips to the public. When we when when police open that up, and you'll start, you guys, you will see this. They don't do this in real crimes. They just they don't. They do this in these massive fake crimes. They open it up to the public because what that does is it makes it real in the eyes of the public. It makes it more, it makes it more immersive. It makes it interactive. So they went forever without identifying a suspect. Surprise, surprise, they didn't, there's you know, no suspect. But what they did in those weeks was just fan the flames within the public. They, they made it real by, by saying, we need your help, public. We need you, we need you in this. It, it pulls many people in. You know, many people are ready and just waiting for the opportunity to serve in this way. And it doesn't matter that they have zero connection to the case. That doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Once the invitation is extended, a lot of these yahoos just jump right on it. Thousands, guys, just pouring in, pouring in. And... That's a part of the magic. That's a part of the spell. It makes it real. And 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 us, you know, sitting out here, you know, and I say us, we're a little bit of a different audience. But for the general public, you know, when they understand that there's a tip line and thousands of people are pouring in, they go, "Wow, wow, we're gonna get to the bottom of this. Look at the public. Look at the public responding. We're gonna get to the bottom of this." So anyway, they they spend weeks, uh, you know, kind of kind of brewing this louche cauldron sprinkling in some 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 public tips you know they'll 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 alert they'll, they'll put some of the tips up and they'll, you know, of course those are, are are complete dead ends one dead end after the other of course because these cases are designed as, as such you know these they're designed to be unsolvable so of course these little tips go nowhere <clears throat> but then on december 30th right before the new year this you know again loose fest of the year they had to sneak it right in they arrest brian c Koberger, a 28-year-old criminology student at Washington State University. It was about 10 miles from Moscow, so a little down the road, and they charged him with murder. Now, I want everyone just to take a, take a couple minutes to look at this Mr. Brian C. Koberger. He's got a real weird look to him, a real unreal look to him. He looks like an amalgamation of boogeymen wrapped in a Mark Zuckerberg-like facade. He's kind of got this, he's got, you know, the real nerd thing going, but he's also got the eyes of, uh, well, the dead, he's got the dead eyes, you know, that's, that's one. But he's just got the face of someone that, that just might do this very thing. Because over time, guys, we've actually been we've been programmed to understand what the face of a quote unquote killer looks like what the face of a deranged individual looks like a lot of these school shooters guys this isn't a school shooting but a lot of these school shooters have a very similar look we're and and because they do we take one look at that mugshot and go oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah that guy that guy definitely did it that guy that guy's definitely a school shooter because it's a familiar, it's a template. It's a template. And our minds, our brains are programmed to accept the familiar. We're pattern, rec we're, we're pattern makers, we're pattern recognition machines. And those patterns create shortcuts. And so if we see something that follows a pattern, you know, we see this face of a killer that looks like a killer, it looks like a deranged serial killer. We go, oh yeah. I mean, just look at him. Oh yeah. Just look at the guy. That guy's, that guy's a killer. You know, that guy's a weird guy. That guy's a weird dude. He's definitely gonna murder people. You know, we we do this. And it's so it's so insidious and so well done. We don't even know that that's what our brains are doing. We don't even know that, you know, we don't even need the details. We'll just see the picture and go, oh yeah, that guy looks like a killer. You know, case closed. We do that all the time. And again, I'm using the we as humanity. I think that this this little this little bright corner of the interwebs that we've created here on Realize Radio, we 
we look at things a little bit differently, but the general public, all they need is something to fit a known pattern and they're in. They're hooked, guys. They're hooked. Okay, so he was charged with murder and then he got extradited to Idaho. So Mr. Koberger, he was taken into the custody. He was at his parents' house in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania, the Poconos. And then in early January, he was transported to his initial court appearance. And during that hearing, he agreed to be extradited. So he agreed to, to come to Idaho to face, to face four counts of, you know, first degree murder and one count of felony burglary. Like I said, he was wearing the burgle outfit. So you gotta, you know, he's, he's wearing the outfit. Let's charge him with crime. I'm not sure how the fel you know, when you're already in the house to commit murder, do you really need the burglary charge? You know, I mean, he did steal in the story, at least he did steal their lives. You know, legally, burglary is the entry into a building illegally. It's, it's the illegal entry with the intent to commit a crime, especially theft. It's usually around theft. That's why we kind of think of it as theft. But, you know, you can legally enter a home to commit murders. Yes. So that can be an offense that is a result of the, the burgling of the burgl burglary. This reminds me of the Burgermeister in Germany. The Burgermeister, when I was little, the Burgermeister was a, I mean, obviously fictional, but he, it was a, you know, kind of a grim bedtime story, which I loved at the time. I loved scary bedtime stories. But when we lived in Holland, the story of the German Burgermeister, he was uh, kind of a monster that lived in town and he would, he would break into the homes of children who were not yet sleeping. If you didn't go to bed at bedtime, the Burgermeister would burgle your home, would break into your home and kill you because you weren't sleeping yet. And he wouldn't just kill you, he would eat you. He would eat you, the Burgermeister. I mean, this, guys, I loved this. I loved these stories. My favorite scary story that I would tell my dad, you know, it was just called Dead Body. My favorite scary story, and he would just make it up. Like it was his own. He know he knew I liked scary stories. And so I would say, Tell me dead body, tell me dead body. You know, and the story would be just really idyllic. It would be, you know, like a beautiful fairy tale. And then all of a sudden, without warning, there would be just a horrific twist. I loved it. And he was great at it. My dad was excellent when it came to thrilling suspense, you know? It'd be this idyllic fairy tale, bedtime story, and then all of a sudden it would devolve into dead body, you know? There'd always be a dead body. And how we got there was always fun, you know? But it would always end with dead body. And I, I just loved it. I, 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 I couldn't get enough. I wanted dead body read to me at, at bedtime. And by, by read, it's basically my dad just making it up on the spot each night. A, a little different twist to the, to the dead body story because I wouldn't let him recycle them. He had, he had to come up with a new plot line. I mean, dad, like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an open audience. Give me your best stuff. You know, don't, don't recycle anything on me. Give me your, give me your workshop. Let's workshop this together. You know, if it's not fully formed, let's form it together. So <laughs> I really pressed him to make up a new dead body story, um, which required both sides. It required him doing the introduction of, of, of the idyllic, you know, we needed a nice fairy tale opening. So that had to change too. We couldn't just have the same, you know, kids frolicking in the woods. It couldn't always start that way. So I, I really tasked him to be original with these. And he and he delivered. He really did. And then, you know, the the <laughs> it would always have some grim twist, which I loved. So if it wasn't that, <sighs> it was the Burgermeister, you know? And I, I just loved all this grotesque stuff. I, I, I loved it as a kid. I love the fear of death was thrilling to me. The, the the idea that if I didn't close my eyes at a certain moment and didn't fall fast asleep. And I'm a good sleeper. Maybe that's why I'm such a good sleeper. Like the second I close my eyes, I'm out. I am out. And maybe it's because the Burgermeister. But I loved it. I loved, I loved thinking that at any moment, uh, if I wasn't sleeping, the Burgermeister would just burgle his way in and eat me alive. And that'd be it. And that'd be the end. And it would be my fault because I 
didn't go to sleep on time, my bedtime. Back to these murders. Mr. Koberger. Mr. Koberger. God, what a name. Okay. So DNA, 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 which I think is kind of science fiction. You know, what, what we, what we think can be done with DNA, what we think is being done by these crime labs. I, I just, I just don't believe in it. I truly don't. I don't think that they are able to identify through DNA in the exactness, in the exactitude that they tell us they can. And all these complex CSI maneuvers and machinations, I don't, I just, I think a lot of it is for show. And I do, I simply do not believe that DNA is what they tell us it is. And I don't think that it works in the way that these crime scenes, you know, make us believe. But we as a public, again, collectively, we, we believe them to be kind of silver bullet. We believe that the DNA, if, the, if, if you read the word DNA in the midst of a crime expression in, in some sort of article and they've got the killer's DNA, you're like, ooh, we got him. We got him. DNA, slam dunk, he's going to jail. You know, we just, we just, for some reason, we think that DNA means like a silver bullet. Like it means, it means it's, 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 it's a surefire thing. It's not. Okay. So they, of course, DNA is a big part of this. On December 27th, police managed to retrieve some garbage from the house that Mr. Koberger was staying in. This is in Pennsylvania, where his parents were, in the Poconos, Poconos Mountain. Beautiful area. Beautiful area, the Poconos. Oh my goodness, just a beautiful mountainous uh, kind of a, a, a and again, a, the Poconos Mountains are an idyllic, an idyllic place. Kind of just for all this to go down in such an idyllic s- setting is again like this, this uh, max polarization, max, you know, for, for anything to go down in an idyllic town, just like John Benet Ramsey in the sleepy idyllic town of Boulder, Colorado, where nothing had ever gone wrong. <laughs> tragedy strikes in the fairy in the, in the you know it's a fairy tale it's, it's dead body it's dead body guys this is this is dead body my dad was onto something it's the it's the most idyllic start and then dead body you know in the most idyllic setting most idyllic narration just everything seems to be going so beautifully and all of a sudden tragedy extraordinary tragedy so the police you know the whole the whole concept of 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 getting the DNA from the garbage. Okay, so the police managed to retrieve some garbage from the house and they sent what appears to have been, appears to have been, wink, wink language, appears to have been does not mean was. You know, appears to have been doesn't mean anything. It just, it, it makes it seem like something is true, but it's actually negating the, the next sentence. Appears to have been is a qualifier saying, <laughs> And just because something appears a certain way doesn't mean it is, right? So it's, 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 it's a wink-wink. Appears to have been is a great wink-wink language. So they, the, the police, they sent what appears to have been a DNA sample from Mr. Koberger's father for testing. And the result showed a strong probability that the elder Mr. Koberger was the father of whoever left the DNA on the knife sheath. So that's an interesting thing, too. The killer left behind the weapon, the sheath of the knife. And, you know, sheath is an interesting thing. Sheath is a cover, a cover, a cover. What is a sheath? A cover. In this case, it's a cover for a blade of a knife or sword. Also, in the human body, a sheath is a structure in living tissue which closely envelops another. It's also a protective covering around an electric cable. Electric. But in this case, it's the cover for a knife or a blade. So we've got two things. We've got the cover of darkness at 4 a.m. And we've got a cover 
left behind. Something, this, you know, something about this, guys, seems to be blanketed in deception, covered in deception. So the killer leaves behind a very important thing with his own DNA on it. So then there was, because of the DNA, because of this silver bullet, they had everything they need. And so there was a pre-dawn raid on December 30th and the police broke through the windows and doors of the family home, again in the Poconos Mountains, and they arrested the younger Mr. Koberger. And then they searched his, his car that he had driven with his, his pain. He had, he had just driven the car. So they, they searched, they searched the car for, you know, for, for any evidence. And weirdly, uh, the story goes that this individual changed his license plate right after the murders. That's not a quick, that's not a quick change, guys. To change your license plate, I mean, unless you just had one kind of handy, that's not, that's not, a, that's not just like a quick thing to do, get a new license plate. How, that was just an interesting detail. Okay, so after Mr. Koberger, Brian C. Koberger, after he's arrested in this, in this raid, again, guys, in a pre-dawn raid on December 30th, again, pre-dawn, what does that mean? Why are they saying pre-dawn? They just could have said the time, but they want you to know, again, what is pre-dawn? What is literally preceded by dawn? The darkest hour. It's always darkest before dawn. The crime happened pre-dawn hour, the raid pre-dawn hour, under the cover, under the sheath of darkness. So after the raid, they go, you know, now they got their suspect. We got him, guys. They go in an in interview classmates of Mr. Koberger. Classmates. I don't believe this individual actually existed. I, I personally, I do not believe this Mr. Koberger is a true individual. I don't believe he was an actual student. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like conflicting messaging from the, the so-called acquaintances of, of Mr. Koberger. Everyone, one, there's one thing that they all said though, that he, that he was obsessed. He was obsessed with criminology. Mr. Koberger was obsessed with crimes, with criminal psychology, with crime scenes, that he was simply obsessed with how the criminal mind works. Okay, now, if I'm a professor and I've got this, you know, serial killer looking like person, he looked like a serial killer. He looked like, he kind of looked like a Voldemort from Harry Potter. Okay, so I'm a professor. I've got Voldemort in my class. Voldemort is weirdly obsessed with the criminal mind. He's weirdly obsessed with crime scenes. He's specifically obsessed with how police try to identify suspects and, 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 and how suspects get away from being identified. You know, if I, if I had someone in my class who was a total creep and was obsessed with this type of thing, You'd think that would be some like red flag, you know? You'd think that someone would maybe raise a hand and go, I don't know about this guy. I think he's about to kill some people. Lots of red flags all around. Many, many people, it seems, these, these, these colleagues and associates, which I, I, don't, I don't take these, I don't take these as fact. I take them as details within a story, with details within a story. He was also, many people recalled that Mr. Koberger was forceful and condescending in challenging the ideas of female students during discussions in classroom settings. He would seem, the story goes that he like basically hated women. He was, he was a misogynist and he hated women. 
kind of want to, you know, this is kind of going, we're very familiar these days with these cis uh, incels with, you know, these, these individuals that, that develop a hatred towards women because they can't have them for whatever reason. So that's what we're, that's what, that's what's being, you know, pushed on, on this individual that he was that, but all these things like, it's just backstory. It's just backstory. It's just a backstory. So one thing that he was also supposed to have been very interested in is something called rational choice theory. Rational choice theory. This was this was a, an idea proposed by, supposedly, I don't believe in deep history, so I don't believe even this telling of it, but apparently Adam Smith, who originally proposed this idea of, a, of an invisible hand, if you've, ever, if you've ever heard the invisible hand in the free market economy, this was pioneered by an individual or a character named, a character in our history books named Adam Smith. And he is usually credited as the father of rational choice theory. The theory's core is, is threefold. It's, it's that individuals have selfish preferences, they maximize their own utility, and they act independently based on full information. I first learned of rational choice theory in marketing. And it's kind of all about, you know, when someone is going down the grocery store aisle, what makes them choose Kellogg's corn flakes versus the flakes of corn next to it, the, the generic version of this thing, or what makes them, what makes them, it's specifically with, with purchase power. Rational choice theory has, has, has typically been looked at through, through market decisions, through an economic lens, but it's also been it, it, later, later, later now, and, and seemingly through this character, Mr. Koberger, rational choice theory is attributed to how criminals decide to do their dash their dastardly deeds what type of rationale they use what what type of reasoning because not all crime is is in the heat of passion right not not all crime happens kind of in a, in a flash and then you're like oh no what have i done what have i done that you know some crime is premeditated deeply deeply premeditated deeply rationalized deeply thought out so this individual mr koberger was was very interested in rational choice theory he took the field of study very seriously is what his colleagues have said okay you know i did not even do a that, that I, that's not, I, I, that was a poor approximation of the details of the case. I didn't even get into it. I didn't even get into it. This isn't, this wasn't a good, this was not a, a deep dive into this. The We'll maybe do that in another time, really get into all of the details of the case. I just wanted to paint a, a little picture of, of, of what kind of got us, what kind of got us here. We've got, we've got whispers of extraordinary creepiness. We've got a, we've got a, a, the story goes, this individual was obsessed with the criminal mind, obsessed with crime scenes themselves, obsessed with how criminals make their decisions, obsessed with how criminals get away with crimes, obsessed with how police go about their procedures, obsessed. He was obsessed with this. And maybe that obsession maybe maybe it's telling us that we should we should take an we should take a closer look at all of these things too we should take a closer look at all these things one thing that i find very interesting and i i i meant to go into this deeper at the top when i was talking about the, the boulder police but every sheriff's department in the united states is an independent island every police department Every local sheriff's department is an island. There are 19,000 such islands. And when I mean by island, I mean if a crime goes down in a sheriff's jurisdiction, 
in this this in this case, it was the Idaho, the Moscow Sheriff's Department, the, the Moscow Police, Moscow PD. No other police entity, including the FBI, no other entity can legally intervene unless they are asked. Unless they are asked. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Everything is, everything is under its own autonomous operating system. Even if the police department is wholly, wholly unequipped for such an undertaking, like Boulder PD was with the JonBenet Ramsey hoax, essentially, you know? The, they refused for reasons that are very clear to me, <laughs> but at the time, unclear to the whole world, they refused help from the much better equipped Denver PD, the FBI. They, they refused for a while, and then they invited some in, but very they invited in some outside characters to assist uh, with the case. But there's something... There's something there. There's something about how these crimes are investigated, how they are handled, that we should, we should become obsessed with this, actually. We should take this field of study very seriously. We should be more keen and curious about how these crimes are actually investigated, what goes down. It is interesting that rural police departments are, 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 are tasked with doing the collection and analyzing of all this data. You know, they, they're, they're tasked with doing, doing the collection of, of, of these items. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. And I mean that in the, in the nicest way. I mean that in the most sincere way. These, these tiny little, especially in Moscow, Idaho guys, where their biggest kerfuffles usually involve drunk, call it, you know, just drunk kids, not 80s slasher film horror movies where the blood is seeping from the walls. And you know what? Let's go back to that. The blood was seeping from the walls in the early pictures. Okay. All right. Blood seeping from the walls, which would indicate there's just blood everywhere. There's so much blood. For blood to seep from the inside out, houses are pretty well constructed, you know. The seepage of, of thick, viscous material to seep out the walls, that's a near impossible feat. I mean, in my mind, that, that image, the blood seeping from the wall, was pure, it was pure theater. Pure theater. But the blood seeping from the walls. Okay, so... You would imagine that the whole house is just covered in blood. Covered. Like a messy, 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 messy situation. And yet, the surviving roommate, she didn't call the police until noon? And she even woke up in the morning and just thought that her friends were sleeping? What? What? Huh? That doesn't add up. That doesn't, that doesn't add up. And gosh, there are so many other, I, sh I should have done a little bit more gathering of these things that don't add up, but I am extraordinarily heartened. I'm extraordinarily heartened by how many people I see, how many normies I see questioning, questioning this narrative questioning the narrative, Ma saying outright that this just doesn't add up, just doesn't add up. The details of the story, they aren't adding up. And I, I, I saw one CNN post today. I, can't, I, I saw it and it was about, let's see, let's see if I can pull up the post. But it was just all about, it was all about the roommate. It was all about the surviving roommate 
And then I noticed that in the, in the comments, people were outright and not just one, but two, but three, before, five, five, the whole, like many, I was scrolling and many, 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 many people were saying, wait a second. This is like, this, this simply doesn't make sense. This does not like these details are not adding up. How did this roommate not see the blood everywhere and call the police immediately? How did she think that people were just sleeping? Why? And then, and then apparently there's another person in the house that came, that came to the house. There was two people witness should have been witness to the, the blood inside, but yet they didn't think to call authorities. They, they had no, no reason to call authorities until the afternoon. So, you know, one thing that I said, and it, at the from the very beginning, I I felt that this this felt like an '80s slasher flick. My comment on CNN today, I said this entire story reads like an '80s slasher flick. '80s slasher flick. The thinness of the plot is concealed by the grotesqueness of the details. You know, when the details are so wild, we don't question how vaporous they are, how thin, how, how, how nothing, nothing supporting them, how unbuttressed they are by truth. I said, the thinness of the plot is concealed by the grotesqueness of the details, overwhelming the logic board for most. But many are recognizing that this case just doesn't add up, possibly because it's a whole cloth fabrication. I posted that, you know, because I, I, many in, in that very comment section were saying, uh, what's, what's going on here? Like, this, is some, this stinks. This story stinks. Okay, so back to the slasher film. <laughs> Someone responded to me today and said, and I, and I, I heard this, but I, I forgot to put two and two together. They said, yes, and his sister, meaning Brian Kronberger, Brian Kronberger's sister, his sister started in a slasher movie about four students who are stabbed to death. You know, I love to say life imitating art, imitating life, imitating art, imitating life, imitating art. I mean, guys, guys, the, the killer's sister starred in slasher movies about this very thing. What are the odds? What are the odds? And when I say sister, I mean, I'm putting that in air quotes. When I, you know, these people are characters and yes, we're probably going to get footage of that slasher film that his quote unquote sister starred in doesn't mean it really existed as a movie. It doesn't mean it was real. It's just for this narrative. It's just for the story. It, oh my God. That reminds me of Gabby Petito starring in the Sandy Hook memorial video. Ugh. This is such a shallow pool guys. Why did Gabby Petito star in the Sandy Hook video? because she's a character in this, in this very, very shallow story. <sighs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this more justice. I'm going to do this story more justice. I kind of jumped around. Welcome to the inside of my mind. <laughs> it's not always great. It's not always great. Sometimes it's a little messy, but this just doesn't add up the 1122 King Road, that one certainly gets me. Being in Moscow, that one gets me. His sister is doing, being involved in this exact thing, seemingly, I say, okay. His sister appearing to star in slasher films, you know, appearing to star, because that's what, it, that's what it seems, she appears to. You know, we're going to see it and we're going to see where she's going to appear to do this doesn't mean it's real. Him being obsessed with all of this stuff, with this stuff that I think we should be more obsessed with. We should be more obsessed with how the police, what DNA evidence is. We should be, we should be, we should be obsessed with this. We should, we should be obsessed with this instead of believing it because the authorities say so, you know, we should, I kind of am. <laughs> I kind of am, you know, I want to pick this apart. I want to pick this apart and I want to take every single one of these little breadcrumbs 
that we've been given through this story. You know, the, 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 the pre-dawn hour, that's a breadcrumb. The sheath of the knife being left behind, that's a, it's a stretch. But I think that that points to the cover. You know, the cover, the cover of darkness, the cover of deception blanketing this entire case. None of it is real. None of it is real. <sighs> okay, guys. Like I said, I'm going to do a better one. I'm going to do, I'm going to tighten this all up. Tighten it up. I'm going to tighten it up. I'm going to get more details. I'm going to put it all together. Thanks for indulging me on this. I, I, I appreciate it. But everyone look into it. I, I want, you know, with just these little bits and bobs that I've kind of covered here, I want, I want y'all to take a look-see, you know? I want y'all to, to, to go through these news articles, especially the early ones, you know, especially the early ones. Oh, and, I, and I'll post this, but the University of Idaho has a whole, like on their front page, the, the front page of, of, the, of the school website, there's this interactive experience where you can like dive in and you can, you, can, you can participate in every element of this case. Every detail of the case is mapped out on the website, on the school's website. They're giving you every detail blow by blow i find that to be highly unsavory and a little suspicious why would the school why not have that on the police department's website guys i mean really why would the school want to be broadcasting this and it's on the front page literally at the top the top of the page the entire entrance your first your the you know the top fold on the homepage is this case. That seems a little odd. Seems a little odd. It seems like it's a production. It seems like it's theatrical production. It seems like it's being promoted in such a bizarre way that they want the public, again, like they like they opened up for the first few weeks before anything was known, except the goriness, the goriness of the details. <gasps> oh God. I just saw something. Okay. 1122 is the <laughs> 11. <laughs> I mean, this is a stretch, but I love it. 1122 is the house number. Six is the unit number. And it's a three-story house. 1122, 63. 112263. Right there in our faces. Oh, and I saw one of the fathers. One of the fathers was wearing a hat. I see him in a couple pictures, and he's always wearing this hat. His name's Steve Goncalves. He was the father of Kaylee, one of the four victims. And he's always wearing a hat that says Hex, H-E-X. Hex. What is Hex? What is the meaning of Hex? Well, a Hex is a magical spell or charm that's meant to cause harm. That's what it is. You know, I'm sure that there's a company or something. Seems like there's a brand called Hex. So, sure. But this seems to be a little, this whole thing is a magical spell. This whole case is a magical spell. And the fact that the father of one of the victims is consistently seen wearing a hat that says the word H-E-X on it. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Something, something about it. Something about it. Okay. All right. Okay, guys. This, I mean, again, like I said, I did not do this justice, but hopefully I wet your beak. Hopefully I wet your whistle. And you guys can go take a little look. Look at the, look at the, look at the, I'm going to post, I'm going to post some links. Take a look at these links. And I want you to tell me what you see. I need some help on this. I need some help on this one. 
I'm not able to see all of the details. I just, I can't see it all. But what we have created here is a highly interconnected and quite vast network of incredible talent when it comes to detailed deconstruction. Some of you guys out there are better than me when it comes to this stuff. And after time, these details will jump out at you. You don't even have to, you don't even have to work that hard. You really just have to read the stuff that's right in front of you. That you don't have to, you don't have to scour. Look at the, look at the main material, the official material. You really don't even have to go down into Reddits. You know, all of this wink wink language, all of these key details are found in the main reporting. Just start there. Just start there. Tell me what you find. Tell me what jumps out as weird to you. Let's do this together. Let's do this. Let's use this as an incubator. Let's let's use this one as a little test platform to sharpen our skills, to sharpen our sharpen our blades, our unsheathed blades. <laughs> let's do this together. I want your help. I want to see what you see. All right, and we can use Discord. I'm going to create a new I'm going to create a new channel called True Crime. Maybe I'll call it false crime. No, I'm going to call it true crime. because that's we, we all know what we're talking about here when we say true crime. Or something. It'll be something. <laughs> I'll name it something. And I'm always up if you guys have a better name. I'm always, I, love, I love when you guys best me on the names. As much as I love words, I, will, I respect a better, a better <laughs> combination of, of words when I see one. <sighs> Let's do this together, though. I think this could be a really fun interactive thing. Share what you find, look into it, share what you find, and, re, and, uh, and let's just keep our eyes open, you know? Let's keep our eyes open on this case. We, we have not seen the last of this case. I have a feeling they're going to drag this one out all year if we let them. So let's get ahead of that. All right. I was going to talk about other stuff. Welcome everyone who's new. I saw uh, uh, quite a few new people jump on in. So excited to have you. So excited for you to be here. If you're new on, a, on an introductory tier, welcome. You will be able, you know, to get all the latest. Uh, I'm going to include this one on the freebie. Um, I'm going to include this one so everyone can hear it. Uh, just as a nice little welcome to all the new newbies. Um, but know that if you're on a lower tier, that there's so much more. There's a lot. There's a lot you may not be seeing on your Patreon app to get to get everything, to get all of the bonus episodes, to get all of the content that's there at the at the Vibe Tribe level. But if you're new and on the lower level, there's there's plenty, there's plenty to get through. But if you find yourself getting through everything and wanting more, oh, there's more, there's more. So we got a whole world, we got a whole world that we've created here, and I invite everyone to to get into it, to dive, to dive as deep as as you'd like. So there's 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 always more if you, if you want more. And then if you're on if you're on the highest levels and you still want more, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you, because that means that you really like what we're doing. And this is going to be, this is a year that I'm dedicating towards Realize Radio. I have stripped so much of, of my normal responsibilities away. I am making space. I am make, I'm, I'm create carving out again, not a pun, not a pun on this case because he did carve his victims, but, um, I'm carving out time for stuff like this. And I think that we're going to have a lot more bonus episodes. We're going to have more, I don't think, I know. We're going to have more bonus episodes. We're going to have a lot more guests on this year. We're going to have, we're going to have, you know, more listener spotlights, more, more guest episodes, more bonus episodes, more, of course, we'll continue to have the regular content, which is basically one episode per week, plus some little hellos that I do from time to time. But it's going to be a great, it's, it's going to be a good year, guys. It's going to be a great year. And I want y'all to be part of it. You, are, you already are. I mean, this is the, you're the reason this all is happening. But, but for this, for this case specifically, I want to do it together. I want to do this one together. Let's tackle this one together. Okay. Oh, one last thing before we go. I would like to tap, if you're still listening, <laughs> which means you like it. I would like to task everyone 
who is still listening, so I, I know you, I know you like this stuff. I challenge you to tell a friend. I challenge you to tell one person, it doesn't have to be someone in your quote unquote real life, but because I know that can be kind of scary to uh, to admit that you are into these types of explorations. That can be a little, I mean, I don't really share too much in my real life either. So I, I truly understand. But I would like to task task you with a word of mouth challenge. The only way to organically grow this effort, and that's the only growth I care about. That's the only growth that matters to me is organic growth. And from from my experience in, in the realm of marketing and advertising and brands trying to one-up each other and always say, hey, we're the best at this and hey, we're the best at that. The only advertising that's ever held true material weight for me is word of mouth advertising. Is literally the users themselves telling someone else about the product. Now this can go both ways. You know, when a product is, is shitty, people are pretty vocal about it too. So word of mouth is kind of a double-edged sword. Many advertisers are kind of hesitant to, to really go down a road of word of mouth. And instead, they just hit you over the head with their own material and their own messaging. And that's the best way to advertise. That's the only way to advertise repeated, repeated, repeated messaging. Buy this, buy this, buy this, because we tell you to, you know, hey, in a way it, it works. It's, it, it does work. But that's it. It's 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 not it's not what what we're after here. I I I don't want that type of onboarding. It, it's not what I want. I I don't I don't I don't want that type of of kind of like a like a, a baiting. I don't I don't want people to. To be like, well, what's this? I don't know. Okay, well, it's been I've been seeing it. It's been advertised. Might, might as well. It's that's not the that's not the that's not the right way to audience capture that that I'm I'm really looking for. I want someone to come into this world because they have been introduced by someone that that they by y'all by you by someone that they respect by someone that they that they know. You know, even if it's an online persona, even if it's your online friend, you know, which a lot of us have, a lot of us have truer online friends than we, than we do in real life friends, let's be honest. So the challenge is tell one person, tell one person this month, one person and just introduce them to what we do. You know, you don't have to tell them they have to sign up. You don't have to in, encourage them to become a patron. Yeah, you know, well, maybe you do, but but at least tell them, at least tell them that there is a place where these types of conversations are happening, and it's actually pretty fun. There's nowhere else quite like what we're doing. There's nothing. There's no other effort quite like what we're doing here, and I think that that is special, and I think that that is the the differentiator. I think that that is that is what we have to offer. Is that it's kind of a one of one. It's wholly unique. And I think that's special. I think that's special. It's hard to do unique stuff. It's hard to do new stuff in a world where everything is recycled. It's tough. Even, even, even art, even, even the, the greatest works of art these days are derivatives. They're derivatives of something else that they've, that they, that a, a, a previous, it's a facsimile of something previous, previously done. Maybe it's a new interpretation, but and that's why, you know, when you see something that's wholly new, God, it gets you, you know, it speaks to you. It, it bursts through the noise. I think that's what we're doing here. You know, me and Rambo, all the guest voices that you hear, this is unique. This is unique. So the task is introduce one person to the Realize Radio world. And they can even start on the free show. Remember, guys, we've got plenty of content, maybe like 20 five recordings that are available for free on all major platforms realize radio you know and it's a it's actually you know those were done you know last year and the year before but 
it's kind of cool to go back and listen, kind of like rewind time and listen to, to what we were predicting back then with the, with the knowledge we have now and everything unfolding now to go back and hear that two years ago, we were talking about these things, you know, it's fun. I love it. It's like, it's like a, it's like a, it's a hop in a time machine, but yeah, the time machine was predicting the future. It's, it's, it's cool. So, you know, if they don't, I, I totally understand if they don't want to, you know, what's this? I got to pay for it. Okay. I get it. Yeah. We'll, we'll start them out, start them out with the starter pack with the, with the free starter pack, just send them the link to our Apple, you know, to the link to the Apple podcast or the Spotify link or whatever, you know, Podbean, realize radio. We've got a lot of free stuff. Start them there. If they like that, then they're going to like what's on Patreon. If they don't like that, then they're not going to like what's on Patreon, you know? I wish the first season didn't have such rough audio, but that's how organic things that are organic are not perfect at the beginning. It's always growing pains. Anyway, make it a great, well, it's Friday, so don't make it a great week. Make it a great weekend. Let's finish strong, guys. All right. Talk soon.